Here we are again. It's great to be with you. This is David Carnes, and this is the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And we are continuing today to walk through what is called the prologue of the Gospel of John. The prologue, the first 18 verses of John's Gospel, found in chapter 1. And we are in that part of the prologue that encompasses verses 9 through 13. And as we walk through this portion of Scripture, we're pulling out what I'm calling gospel principles, gospel principles. And when we started last time, we looked at verse nine and we looked at principle number one, a principle that we called Jesus is the light of God. Jesus came to reveal God to man, Jesus, God in the flesh. And so principle number one, but now today we go to gospel principle number two, and this is what we will call the depravity of man is real. The depravity of man, it's real. And let me say, this isn't the easiest message for us to hear. So many times people don't want to hear that mankind is sinful, depraved at the heart. And yet scripture makes it clear that we are. For example, the apostle Paul, he writes in Romans chapter three, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, that's what God's Word says. It's something that we need to hear, something that we need to understand. And so, John then, as he writes this prologue to his gospel, this is one point that he makes, that the depravity of man, it is real. And so, we're going to take a look at this today. If you have your Bible close by, take it now. Open it up. Turn to John chapter 1. And today, we're looking at verses 10 and 11 as we spend time in God's Word. Number two in all this is the depravity of man is real. That's number two. Write it down. The depravity of man is real. We see this in part of verse number 10. We see it in verse 11. Let me just say this before we really get into this. Scripture is very clear to teach that man is sinful that man is unrighteous. Let me say that midway through verse 10 and then verse 11, we see a statement that reveals this truth more than any other statement made in all of Scripture. Right here, we're looking at it today. Verse number 10, you have your Bibles. Let me read the entire verse, okay? So look at it with me. John writes, He was in the world and the world was made through him. Now here it is, watch this. Yet the world did not know him. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. You see that? Now let me say it this way, but here is the picture. But Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to this world, He comes to reveal God, to illuminate God to this world. And he does it by living a sinless life. He does it through working miracles. He does it by demonstrating the power of God right in the midst of man, right in the midst of man's presence. The people see it. It's right there. And yet as they watch, as they are around Jesus, John writes, yet the world did not know him. Verse number 10. Now, two words here. First word, world. We know this word. 
It is the word cosmos in the Greek text. This is speaking of people. In this context, this is the word. It's speaking of people. But then there is the word know. You see it there in your Bible. Gnosko in the Greek, the word here means to have a personal fellowship. That's what the word means. It means to know intimately. The word can even speak of knowing someone in such a deep way that you truly love that person. That's what the word means. And yet what John writes here is God was right here among the people, loving them, caring for them, speaking with them. And yet they had no desire to come to know him, to love him. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But now with that said, you look at verse 11 now. Look at verse 11. John gets even deeper into this when he writes this. He writes, he came to his own. Now now stop right there. He came to his own. There is a question. The question is, who is this? Who is his own that John makes mention of here? The answer really is, it's interesting, but this can really speak of the people, and listen to me on this, but when you study this word and how it's used here, the word can actually speak of the people of his own nation, his own countrymen, and get this, the people of his own town. That's how that word can be interpreted. In other words, the people who could say, and hear me on this, the people who could say that they knew him best, this is who this refers to. But then with that said, as I mentioned, this can also speak of the nation. Now hear me on this. This can also speak of the nation. So now who are we talking about? We're talking about the people of Israel. And what makes this so interesting is this is speaking of the people that God actually called. This is speaking of the people that God chose to work through in order to tell the world about Messiah. God, for example, calling out Abraham. God calling out Moses. God calling out Isaac. God calling out Jacob. The people of Israel. The the Hebrew people. This people that claim to know the true God of Scripture, and yet when the true God of Scripture came to this earth in the form of man, they said, we don't know you. Again, the heartbreaking. By the way, John goes on to say in verse 11, and his own people did not receive him. You see that. Did not receive Jesus. In other words, they rejected him. That's what that means. Rejected him as He was there right in their midst, God in the flesh. They rejected Him. But now, let me say this. It is one thing to reject the words of the preacher. It is one thing to reject the words of Scripture. It is one thing to say no to a gospel presentation. But, and I want you to hear me on this, but to reject God as He stands face to face with you is the greatest of all hideous things that any person can do. And there He was, God in the flesh. And they rejected Him. And again, hear me on this, but right here, this is, in all of Scripture, this is the greatest of all evidence of the depravity, the sinfulness of man. This, by the way, hear me now, this, by the way, is you. This, by the way, is me. We are born this way. 
This depravity, the sinfulness, it's in, it's in every person. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Man is sinful, terribly sinful, and separated from God because of that sin. And again, right here we see the depth of this depravity that is in man. God can be right there. God can be standing right there loving you and caring for you and expressing His power right in your midst, and yet man has it in him to reject God, to say no to Him. But with that said, quickly, if I might, let me address something here that is extremely important, but some might ask, how in the world can this be? How can man be so blind? How can man be so depraved? How can man say no to Jesus? And the answer really comes down to selfishness. That's what it is. It comes down to pride. It comes down to arrogance. What I mean by that is man simply does not want to be told that sin is a part of our lives. And what I mean is man does not think that a Savior is needed. This is why man gravitates, by the way, so many times to a work salvation. Oh, I can save myself, is what you'll hear many people say. I can impress God with my works. I'll just be a good person and God will receive me on merit. But understand, Jesus didn't come with that message. Jesus came with a message and the message was and is still today, man is sinful. Man is separated from God because of sin in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. And the people didn't like the message. People still don't like the message. They didn't like that Jesus, the light, came to reveal the darkness, the depravity of man, that man is sinful. And as a result, they rejected God in the flesh face to face. The greatest of all examples of man's sinful depravity. And it is this depravity, this sinful condition, that separates man from God. And so yet, what do we have? Another gospel principle. The depravity, the sinfulness of man is real. That's a very clear look at the depravity of man man's true condition and understand that as a result of man's sinfulness then that means man's separated from God and yet let me say that there is hope even though due to sin man is separated from God there is hope and that hope is found in a person that person is the Lord Jesus the Bible says that Jesus came to die for our sins die in our place for our sins take the punishment that sin deserves death. And he did that for you, and he did it for me. And the Bible says that anyone that places faith in Jesus as the one that has come to bear our sin, die for our sin, rose from the grave, you place faith in him. The Bible says you will be saved. You will have eternal life. Repent of your sin. Turn from it. Turn to Jesus. Live for him. Remember, Jesus is our hope. My prayer is that you have come to him by faith. If not, please do so now. But let me say, it has been a blessing 
to be with you today. And when we do come back next time, we have the third gospel principle that we find in this text. And so I look forward to seeing you again as we spend time in God's Word.